yeah, I just want to do a little bit of teaching. If you've got a Bible, go to Ephesians 2, verse 8. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. And the reason I'm going here is because this is the, the first verse that this ministry is based on. And it's been a while since we visited it. And I'm going to read it out of the King James Version. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and not that of ourselves, it is the gift of God. So we are saved by what? Grace. Through what? Faith. And what's the next part say? Not your own doing, not of yourself. So if it's not of your own doing and not of yourself, whose faith saves you? Jesus. Jesus. And that's important for healing. And the reason that's important is because the church coming down the centuries has diversed or, or split over grace by faith. And in the days of the apostles and the early church, it was of Christ, the grace and the faith of Christ. Coming down since about 400 A.D. through the what I'm going to call today as the Western Church, it's been translated of the faith in Christ. Let me put it to you this way. If it's faith in Christ, whose faith is it then? It's mine. Which means I'm responsible for my salvation. I'm responsible for His finished work in my life. But if it's saved by grace of Christ, who's responsible for my salvation? Jesus is. If I don't even know that I need to be saved, how can I even know to be saved? Except Jesus does the work and then reveals it to me. There's a number of verses. If you flip over to Romans chapter 8, And this has an application to healing, and I'll get to that in a minute. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Because, and and, and I'll give you a little hint. If, If I have to receive salvation by my faith, then where does the healing come from? My faith. But what if I don't have enough faith? I'm not going to get healed. But if my salvation is through the grace of Jesus Christ and the faith of Christ, where does my healing come from? Him. So if you're in Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Oh, Lord, thank you. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who gives us faith? 
He does. Because is not faith part of the all things? I am awakened to faith by the Spirit of God. But I'm not awakened to faith in my understanding, but I'm awakened to faith in the understanding of the Holy Spirit that what Jesus has done, including healing. We'll flip over to Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. Galatians 2, 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, nor by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. If you flip over to an NIV or a New Living Translation, it's going to say the faith in Christ. The in is an inaccurate translation. The King James has it right. It's the faith of Jesus Christ. And when it's the in versus the of, it's rest versus works. Because if I have to find the faith, I'm going to work and work and work and work and work to make it happen. But if Jesus provides the faith, if it's his faith, then my response is, thank you, Jesus. In one, I can enter into his rest. In the other, I will never know if I'm good enough. And that's a difficult place when it comes to healing. Because if if I'm taught that, number one, it's my faith that brings the healing and then I don't get healed, then what do I go into? Condemnation and shame. I'm not good enough. God has passed me by because I'm not good enough. But if I'm in the place of Jesus' faith and I'm resting, it's resting until the manifestation. I don't have to work, so I don't go to the place of condemnation and shame because I'm resting. How many people do you know that are out there trying to figure out what do I need to do to be healed? The church has taught that in Western culture for a long time. Because the church has taught, if you aren't healed, you don't have enough faith. That comes out of this in Christ versus of Christ. Take a look at Galatians, stay in chapter 2, go to verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. When did he do that in relationship to you? Before you were born? He gave himself before you were born. He gave himself with the total confidence that what he was going to do is sufficient. In. In, yep. So you've got NIV, 
you've got the revised standard, you've got um, oh, the New Living Translation. For the end, you've got the King James, I believe it's the New King James, and there's a couple of others I'd have to go back and look them up. I think Darby and Young's Literal are in that camp. But this carries through if you go to Galatians chapter 3. Go to verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And, and the reason I pulled that one is because of the blessing of Abraham. How did Abraham get his blessing? God gave it to him. What's that? He believed. He believed. Did he have to work up faith to believe? He just believed. Why? Because he knew intuitively in his in here, in his knower, that it was true. Belief is knowing that it's true. It's counting on it. It's relying on it. It's expecting it. That's why we talk about expectations. Abraham knew. And we're going to come back to that because that word sozo pops in here. But if you also were to look at Galatians 3.22, Galatians 3.26, Philippians 3.24, or 29. It's all this same concept, of versus in. And in one I receive, the of I receive, in the end, I have to figure it out. I have to go to work for it. And I think back to the days of the healing rooms. I was My Bible I was using back then talked of in. And so I would get people to re- to recite the, you know, repent, take responsibility, repent, you know, renounce, come out of agreement with all of these things. I would encourage people to do, which are actions on their part to try to get into healing. I would do it so much differently now. I would go, you know what, you're already healed. So let's come in agreement and praise the Lord God Almighty for the fact that he's already made that provision. It's already in you because where is Christ right now? If it's the faith of Christ and and he is in us, where's the faith for healing? It's already in us. It's not out here. When, When we talk about of versus in, the Western church tends to move towards dualism where it's Jesus... And us in two different places. We say, yeah, he's in us. But then we go, Jesus, would you come down and heal me? But if we understand that he's in us, then it's Jesus and it's us together. Jesus, thank you that you're in me, healing me from the inside out. And all of this centers around that Greek word, sozo. To keep safe, to save, to rescue from danger or destruction, to save from suffering, to save from disease, to make well, to heal, to restore to health. And if the one who releases sozo is Jesus in us and us in Jesus, where's the sozo? It's in us. It's in us. So if it's in us, 
Diane can respond to not only the prayer of Linda, but she can respond to the work of Jesus going, thank you. I'm ready. It's here. It's coming forth in full manifestation. And with Carol, it's the same. With Linda, it's the same. With John, it's the same. With me, it's the same. It's thank you, Jesus. And believing is nothing more than just acknowledging receipt of it. I receive it because it's Christ in me already here. And that's where I see some of these Thursdays or, or Friday night times together moving towards is reminding people He's here. Christ the healer is in me. He hasn't abandoned me and He isn't waiting for me to call out, Come on down! Mm-hmm. We are recording, right? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Well, okay. My question was, as I was praying over the the, the, feel, the sensation, the feeling, the pain, um, I could feel, you know, God's healing touch, and it felt wonderful. Mm. <laughs> but it didn't stay, mm-hmm. and I didn't have a complete healing. Why does that happen? Um, if Everything you're saying, I believe it. I know that's true. It doesn't stay. In, in, in the back of the mind, in the subconscious level, the devil goes, you don't really deserve this. You really, you know, you really have this, you don't really understand this, Diane. In the back of our mind, we've got those old tapes that Jesus is working through and he's rerouting, so to speak, around them. So when you felt that, it's the it's like the first fruits of that rerouting, <laughs> okay? And it's just a matter of going, yep. Instead of oh, it didn't it didn't really last. It's oh, it's just right. What you, know, you said earlier, it's right there. It's like it's like acknowledging that there's been relief, and just continuing to praise, because our normal response from those old tapes would go, dang nabbit, I missed it. And then guilt and shame and condemnation would come. And then that would push us further out because we'd go, I'm not worthy. You know, we've been talking about it, and I'm going to pick up this Sunday on the, the, the series of living out of our heart and getting in touch with the Holy Spirit here and getting out of our head. And as I get in touch with the Holy Spirit, it's and, and I do that by praise and thanksgiving because we, we connect you know, in the old covenant, it was we enter his courts by thanksgiving and praise. But it's not that we enter anything now, it's we connect now at a conscious level by praising, by worshiping, as opposed to sitting home going, yeah, I missed that one. So I guess the answer to your question is it's a process more often than not. It's a process of being rewired so that when it fully manifests, it does stay. Yeah, because I do get a lot of healings during worship. Yeah. And even worship, I thought, okay, should be coming. <laughs> and, and, and so it's like, God, God, that sensation I've already experienced of relief, that sensation of when I'm in worship, I get better, I'm taking that out of here with me because you're still here. And it's just, and every time it starts to get painful, we go back to that place. Nope, this is not who I am. I am, Christ declares me whole, Christ declares me healed. Because remember, Diane, when you're hurting, He's hurting because he's here. Okay, so it's a matter of him saying, no, I took that to the cross. 
That's why it's of Christ. I took that to the cross. Just let, let, just rely on me and you'll see it happen. And too often we have been taught in our culture teaches, now take a pill instead. We want to short circuit the Jesus process to take a pill. And I'm not saying we should stop taking medication. I'm just saying, Jesus, what do I do? Because there may be medication, may be a bridge to the full manifestation of a, of a complete healing. But I'm saying is we need to get our conscious meditations to line up with the Christ in us, and we do that most of the time with praise and worship and thanking Him. I think we're going to see a lot more healing because Christ is bringing forth this distinction. We're going to see a lot more healing than we've seen in a long time. And so... I'm, I'm excited about where we're going. And, and as we do this next worship set tonight, I'm encouraging you to focus on the Christ in you who said, it's my faith that heals. And if a thought comes about that, that's contrary to that, just let it go. When, if the pain suddenly manifest, go, that's not who I am. I'm healed. And so these nights, these these worship and healing nights are going to be about encouraging each other. They're going to be about just praising Him. That song we did at the end of the first set, that got you going, didn't it? We can revisit that one again yet tonight if we want, but there's there's another 25 or so minutes of worship. And so I just want, to, I just want you to go back and it's unfortunate that our different translations translate it differently. If you're a cessationist who doesn't believe in healing and believes that humanity is depraved at its core and that humanity has to crawl out of its depravity to go to the faith of Christ, then says, in their minds, it's okay to stay in depravity. And they can't go there. So they go to the faith in Christ, which means then you have to be proactive in stepping into what Jesus has done instead of receiving what Jesus has done. And then so it becomes a way of trying to deal with that total depravity. But the first early church fathers didn't believe in total depravity. They believed in the total reconciliation at the cross and an awakening to that truth in our life. And obviously, if we don't awaken to that truth, there are consequences of our choices that are not always good. One puts the pressure on us to behave and change. The other puts the pressure on, I say, use the word pressure, on Jesus to manifest it in us because we all know that as truth manifests in our life, our behaviors change automatically or naturally. Maybe I can do it this way. Y'all heard about prohibition back in, the, back in the day, right? When you try to legislate or try to mandate morality, what happens? You, you do more. You fail. You, you, end up, it end, you end up being so consumed with, I can't do that, you end up doing it. That's the law's attempt to regulate but Jesus said, it's not the law, it's me. 
And what, did it, what does it say in Jeremiah and Ezekiel? I will put my law in your heart. So I'm not living from an outside in. I'm living from an inside out. The faith of Christ is living from an inside out. The faith in Christ is living from an outside in. And Joel says, I will pour out my spirit on all people, all flesh, the godly and the ungodly. But you see that that starting point of total depravity makes you have to work from the outside in. And you never feel fully that you measure up. There's always that nagging doubt. But living from the inside out, Jesus says, you already measure up. Let's just live it together. And that's the beauty of it. And so I I raised this tonight because it really struck me in the last few weeks. I'm seeing such anger in the church right now. I'm seeing anger in the Western church at a proportional level I've not seen in a long time, if at all. As our society gets more divisive, the anger in the church seems to be rising. I'll I'll take a little story out of the video I recommended to you. This guy was, was telling a story about a friend of his went to an apostolic group meeting. And the apostles in this group meeting said that they were the centers of the church for this age. And this person that went to this meeting, that was invited to this meeting, said to them, how will you know when you've accomplished your purpose? And it was basically when government was overthrown. Was, is that right? Is that what it was? When the, yeah, and when the, it was almost like when the government became so tight and controlling that there was no room to maneuver and Jesus would then be in, in charge. That's not the heart of Jesus. And so the, this apostolic group was so focused on control, they'd lost the truth of the gospel. And so the guy that went to visit, that was invited to visit, just said, this is all bunk, and he left. And I say that because that's where it's like the, the Western church wants to go. They want to go into a place of controlling society now. You can't control it. That's like legislating morality. You have to live an alternative that people are attracted to. And the more we can rest in the, the faith of Christ in us as opposed to the faith in Christ outside of us that we have to go latch onto, the more we show an alternative to legalism, the more we show an alternative to control. A lot of pastors are afraid of losing control of their flock. Guys, my flock's pretty small. <laughs> but you know what? I don't want to control. I'm not about control. Yes. Yes. And while he's going for the one, he's not forgotten the 99. Isn't that the beauty of it? He loves the 99 as much as the one, but he's really going to chase the one, but not to the detriment of the 99. 
and, and there's these little subtle things about even our worship that we have to be careful of. And there's never, there's not a perfect worship song. But if we understand it's the faith of Jesus, then when we at work in us, accomplishing his heart, which is the sozo, the restoration of not only us, but the restoration of all things, we can, when something comes to us, we can evaluate it. Does this line up with Jesus? So even in a worship song where we may have a line that's, yeah, you know, I mean, that one song, as much as I loved it, it used the word evolution. But you know what? It's okay. Because I know better. Right? So I can become unhinged over that word. And there are some right now in the church that would become unhinged. There are some in the church right now that think that Hillsong worship is totally of the devil. Yeah, really. And that if you listen to Hillsong, you're going to hell. Google Hillsong worship sometime and watch the critics pop up. But it's because there's such anger and frustration in the church today. Why? Because the church hasn't separated itself out from the culture. In the sense of the church buys into all the cultural things. Buy this 10-step book. Buy this 12-step approach. Here's three things for this. And here's five things for this. Where's Jesus? Jesus, won't you come down? He's already here. (laughs) Now, there are still times when the Spirit of God externally pours a special oomph, so to speak. But we start from the place of here in us. And we let our heart tell our head, as opposed to our head tell our heart. And when you're in that concept of Christ, through the work of Christ, in Christ, belief in Christ, faith in Christ, it's always that head telling the heart. But the faith of Christ is the heart telling the head, relax. Faith of Christ. And that, and, and I sort of got off track about why the different translations. Different translations are in part based upon the experiences of the translator and what they are trying to convey. And you take a, a five-point Calvinist and you will never get the faith of Christ. It'll be the faith in Christ. You take the Baptist, the classic Baptist, it will be the faith in Christ and By the way, you can mess it up and lose it. You can lose your salvation because they come from the Arminian perspective. I just like the faith of Christ because it's already here and I can relax. So we're going to go into another worship set here and then we're going to minister and just relax. So does that make sense? You have permission to just enjoy Jesus. You have permission to just enjoy the healing that's already in you and to let it come out. It's like we're going to uncork the bottle. Okay?